No replacements found. I never met Steve Jobs. The closest I ever got to him was about five feet away, at which point I was promptly tackled by two men who were dressed in all-white suits which had no visible seams. Okay, the tackling part is a lie. And so is the suit part. I could totally see the seams. The five feet part is true, though. I was at the opening of the Fifth Avenue Apple Store in Manhattan. I hadn't moved to New York City yet, but I happened to be in town for a job interview on the day the store was opening, and after the interview I had nothing better to do than wait in a line thousands of nerds long. To give you an idea of the type of people who show up to an Apple Store opening, the guy in front of me in line was on a Segway. Yeah, one of those dorkwads. Steve Jobs didn't go to many store openings, but the Fifth Avenue store wasn't just any store. It was the flagship store. That and the man was infatuated with cubes, and the Fifth Avenue Apple store was his biggest cube-shaped object yet. Damned if he was going to miss out on that. I wasn't always an Apple nerd. In fact, until college, I was kind of an Apple hater. College is a time for self-exploration, though. It's a time for experimenting with drugs and expanding your sexual boundaries with your classmates. Or, in my case, experimenting with Macintoshes and expanding your operating systems with your roommate. A few weeks before school started freshman year, Dan, my future roommate, called and we talked on the phone for like five minutes. Hey man, hey. So are you going to bring a TV? No. You? No. Cool. Cool. A fridge? Maybe. Cool. So, I'll see you there. Yeah, later. Later. We were two 18-year-old dudes who were about to live together in a 10-foot by 20-foot room for two semesters. We really didn't have much to say. We hadn't added each other as friends on Facebook, because Facebook hadn't been invented yet, and we weren't following each other on Twitter. Same with Twitter. And because Twitter is retarded. There wasn't much to discuss. On move-in day, I had unpacked most of my stuff by the time Dan showed up. He appeared in the doorway carrying a massive Macintosh computer. Yeah, one of those dark wads. The differences between us were comical. Apart from our whiteness, go a small liberal arts college. We could not have been more different. He was super Christian, super blonde, super nice, and I was, in short, the Antichrist. And, most importantly for the purposes of this story, I had a compact presario, and he had a Macintosh. We got to know each other slowly over the coming weeks. He seemed like a decent enough fellow. During freshman orientation, I won some Apple paraphernalia in a raffle, an iMac t-shirt, and some stickers. Here you go, dude. I don't want this stupid crap, I probably said. In turn, he gave me the Sun Microsystems frisbee he won that he didn't want. Here, man, you can have this. Praise Jesus, he probably said. Most of the fall semester, I had to constantly remove and reconnect my Ethernet card to get my PC to work on the campus network. It was a pain in the ass. I would reluctantly use Dan's Mac when I wasn't able to get online. He showed me the ins and outs of the operating system, how everything worked. It seemed simple enough. Spring semester, I got a job in the IT department on campus. I was relegated to using the dusty Mac in the corner that my boss hated. Could have been worse, I suppose. By the end of the year, I took one of the Apple stickers I gave to Dan and affixed it to my presario. Sorry, no beige, the sticker said with a picture of a blue iMac. The Persario was beiger than beige. Sophomore year, I began working for the campus newspaper. 
They were an all-Mac operation, and I eventually started running the design department. Okay, let's be honest, I was the design department. There I realized this Mac thing wasn't half bad. When it came time to go abroad to Berlin, I needed to buy a laptop. I took the plunge. I bought a Mac. I became the Mac nerd in my abroad program. There's always one. Well, nowadays there's always seven. My friends thought I was crazy when I woke up at 3 a.m. to take a bus across Berlin to the 24-hour internet cafe to watch the live stream of Steve Jobs introducing a new product. I thought I was a little crazy, too. It was a school night. It was totally worth it, though. The product wound up being the iPod. Senior year, Dan and I decided to live together again, this time in a terrible apartment off campus. It was a den of nerd filth. The crowning achievement of dorkdom in that apartment was during winter break when we watched Steve Jobs give the Macworld keynote address over the internet. We were now two 21-year-old dudes sitting on a couch together sharing a blanket, not expanding our sexual boundaries, freezing in our crappy apartment. But we didn't care. The new iMac was awesome. Flash forward a few years to the opening of the Fifth Avenue Apple store. Steve Jobs was greeting people as they entered the store. I don't like shaking hands because I'm neurotic, but I decided I would try to shake his hand. After all, this man was indirectly responsible for so much in my life. For the job offer, I would accept an hour later working for a Mac-based ad agency. For dozens of devices I would buy in the coming years. For making jeans and sneakers acceptable attire for important events. I would tell him I was a big fan, that he made me realize there was more to technology than ones and zeros, that he taught me design wasn't about how something looked, but how it worked. Just as I was approaching him, though, five feet away, Steve headed into the store, descending down the spiral staircase below the cube, disappearing into the throngs of Apple nerds below. Oh well. 